Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome to Blighty Day Fiance, Love is Blight, the only Love is Blind recap podcast hosted by a married transatlantic. You're, you were going to say monogamous, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, because we also do like sister wives <laughs> and stuff. It's not that relevant for this show. I mean, it's generally a given. <laughs> But why not? Why not remind the listeners? We are monogamous. We are, <laughs> yes. And we have every intention of staying that way. Hashtag poodle doesn't count. <laughs> uh, am I allowed to cheat on you through a semi-opaic uh, kind of translucent wall? Nope. No? You're not allowed to cheat on me ever. Ah, man. Pretty sure you made a vow. Twice. <laughs> yeah, we've been married <laughs> twice. We haven't been divorced once. Does that make us like bigamists? Well, we are divorced, just not from each other. Right. We're divorced from our first marriages. Well, there's our credentials, everyone. Yes. See, we know all about this dating shit. Yep, we sure do. Yeah. We did quite a lot of it before falling into each other's arms. We we fell in love blight, blind, didn't we? Yeah, I think you could say that. I mean, us and the majority of people in the modern world, right? We, yeah. We did some swiping. We certainly did. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are just joining us or are new to our show, this first episode is going to be on our main feed. And then if you want to listen to us recap the remainder of the show, you will have to join our Patreon yeah, that's right. You've got to meet us in the corridor and put a ring on our finger. Yep, it's patreon.com slash blightyday. That's B-L-I-G-H-T-Y-D-A-Y. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at blightyday. Email us blightydayfiance at gmail.com. I think that's all of our announcements. Yeah. My name is Michelle, by the way. Oh, Did my I name's say Robin. That? Who, who knows? Let's remind them. 
Yeah. That's fine. Because it could be very confusing, can't it, when you just hear a voice and you don't see a face for a while. And the one thing you don't want is to get the name wrong. Right. That'd be awful. Right. I'm always amazed on this show that they don't. There's the little, like, they come into the room and they'll say one word and they'll go, oh, Debbie, oh, it's nice to have you here, Debbie. And I'm always like, what if it's Janet? And What's Debbie doing there? I thought she was in Canada. <laughs> I'm just making up names. Oh, Tony. Oh, shit. Could you imagine? I just want you to hold me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I think love Do is you blind, like cats? but. <laughs> oh, cool. Your voice is so sexy, Cole. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, Brennan, you sound like the gentleman I've always been waiting for. Debbie would like Andrew. <laughs> oh, no. I think she'd be put right off that. I don't think she likes highfalutin types. Yeah, she'd like the transcendental sex, though. She might like hearing about it. Yeah, she'd like to hear about it. I might be in the minority here, but I don't have a huge amount of confidence in Andrew's uh, sexual prowess. I'm I'm of the mind that the more someone talks about it, no. the less they're doing. I don't have a huge amount of confidence that he has genitals. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he might be entirely made of, like, not even plastic, like... That sort of plasticky, rubbery thing that you get in packaging. Yeah, no, yeah. I get you. He's sort I get of a you. silicon man. Instead of being from Silicon Valley, he's literally made of silicon. So initially, when we were planning how to recap this show, because we do have, um, Robin has a full-time job. Uh, we have Alfie, our son, not his real name, Um and we are all the way on the other side of the Atlantic from most of our core fan base. So we can't put out individual episodes recapping each episode. We just, we don't have the bandwidth at this point. One day, hopefully, we'll be able to do things like ah, that. Ah, shit, man. That ain't the way people watch this anyway, right? You all binge these Right. Four. Hopefully, you've watched it in batches. So initially, we were going to do three episodes at a time, but because the initial drop was four episodes, we are going to talk about episodes one through four. Now, we don't... We are not a beat-for-beat beat recap podcast, so if you haven't seen up to episode four yet... We won't just spoil those episodes. <laughs> we will ruin them. Not what I was going to say, oh. but that's all right. Um, I was going to say that if you wanted a beat-for-beat beat recap, there are some excellent podcasters who are doing individual episodes, the first one I'd recommend to you is Reality Gaze, if you don't already listen to them. Um, I believe they're covering it on their Patreon. So what we do is a lot more general. It's a lot more freeform. It's just a different style. So, yeah. you know, sit a spell, see if you like it. If you don't, know that there are other excellent people out there recapping. Yeah, just give us a Give us a chance. Get to know us. It's fine. You can do your workout while we're talking. <laughs> uh, we won't be offended by that in any way. Um, ultimately, you know, we don't like to go deep. We're fairly shallow um, and, and we're happy to stay that way. Yep. And keeping in that spirit, I was inspired uh, after binding, 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 binging this, uh, these first four episodes to approach this episode 
by writing Tinder bios as the core couples. Lovely. Um, so Robin has written bios for the male cast members. No. And I have written bios for the female cast members. Now, we're only talking about the core couples, the people who have paired off so far. Yeah, we ain't talking about those hangers-on extras in the background who did as much work as this core cast. Yep, and uh, got none none of the the glory. That's right, yeah. I always feel for them. So... And we, and to be clear, we haven't heard or read each other's Tinder bios. So this is this is a treat for both of us. It's happening in real time. Yeah, so, you, you got to tell me if you go for them. Yes, <laughs> if it will work on you. Should we do one each? Yeah, we'll pepper them in. Eh? Yeah, I'm I think st- that's good. I'm going to start with Andrew. Um, now I'm not going to do voices because that is a, yeah. something I'm not good at, and B, it's a minefield. Sure. Right. So. <clears throat> Sexual kung fu master seeks naive student to learn the art of orgasmic pleasure. If you share a taste for the finer things in life, luxury travel, nice clothing, food, alcohol, crying, the sound of (laughs) my voice, then swipe right. If you're lucky, I'll climb you like a 70-story skyscraper. Please note, all images remain the property of Andrew Liu. And are only to be used to enter self-submitted photography contests masquerading as prestigious awards. Oh, my God. What do you think? Did that do it for you? That was tremendous. Um, I will say Andrew is not... One of the core couples. He's not a couple, but, but, but we he's cannot been a, he's ignore been his presence. Been in it and enough. Um... Yeah, that the photography in particular, like I did a little digging and um, this whole, oh, I've been, A, I've been nominated for awards. Um, as far as I can tell, every award he was nominated for is one where you just fill in a form on a website. You just enter it. You nominate yeah. yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to work in public relations, m- mostly with politicians and, and businessmen, but um, you would not believe the number of pay-to-play pl- pay awards oh, I know it. there that, are out there. I've, I've bought awards myself in the past. No, I, I mean, I know you know, but yeah. maybe people who aren't in the industry don't know that. So if, if you hire someone based on how many awards <laughs> they've won, yeah. really? look into that you know if it's not one of the big five if it's not like a pulitzer or no um if it's a business award right chances are they just bought a table at some dinner yeah yeah and like these people are desperate to sell those seats at like two thousand dollars a seat or whatever and if you like buy a table or something you're gonna win an award that's how it works yeah um, so I would say, and look, we are not medical professionals. We're not here to make diagnoses. That's that's not really our thing. And and as people who are affected by mental health issues ourselves, and as a as a neurodiverse individual, um, I don't want to, you know, speculate on. But Andrew's a psycho. <laughs> 
I mean, he Andrew is a psychopath. I mean, that's um, a, people use that word as an insult, but no, genuinely. No, he really is a psychopath. He, he actually genuinely does. I, like, I remember reading a few years ago John Ronson's book, The Psychopath mm-hmm. Test, which, which oh, is great book, amazing book, and it, it it's kind of about the fact there are a certain number of questions, and if you answer a certain way over a threshold, then you are just technically a psychopath. Now I haven't been through it on him, but I kind of almost don't need to. The tears thing just said it all right and like the show stitched him up by including the voices off there just really stitched him up i think he genuinely thought that wouldn't air or whatever but just incredible if you're putting eye drops in because your eyes are dry and you know the lights are bright and stuff and i get that oh totally yeah you wipe it away before the cameras roll right you don't let it flow down your face just no that was an absolute stitch up um, Only a psychopath would do that because it's about um, fraudulently pretending to have the emotions that non-psychopathy people would have, right? It's about wearing the mask and simulating. That's right, and you need to be you need to be extremely careful around. I think men, especially like Andrew, um, look. Not all psychopaths are terrible people. I remember. I forget what audiobook I was listening to, but there was an, there was an interview with a neurosurgeon who was a psychopath he suspected that he might have been one so he got evaluated and found he was and you know you have to it's useful you know you're cutting into somebody's brain hole like it's not you know that's not an easy thing for someone you need to to be able to turn off emotions or not have them but someone like andrew and again i don't know him behind the scenes i don't I don't know his life or his experience, but I will tell you somebody who is somebody who doesn't uh, respect social boundaries, right? Who talks openly and inappropriately about sex. And I'm look, I am very sex positive, but this isn't an appropriate conversation to have when you're just getting to know someone, particularly when you can't see whether you're making them uncomfortable or not. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't care about that. No, he doesn't. He's very glib. He's very, uh, surface level, charming, erudite, well-spoken. But he he talks about all these other things to confer these uh, qualities on himself. Yes, So he never talks about what he is. He talks Mm -hmm. about what he does. He doesn't talk about what he feels. He talks about what he has. Um, So it's like Patrick Bateman, the lead character from Bretty Sinellis' book, American Psycho, right? Uh, You may have seen the film. um, You may have read the book. It's kind of a brilliant book. Um, And not at all what people think. Um, a million trigger warnings on the book, by the way. Oh, Please yeah. don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's brilliant, but very triggering. Um, but there, there are like long chapters in that book where where Bateman just lists things. Um, and there's one particularly incredible chapter where he just writes an essay on the music of Huey Lewis and the news. And I could totally imagine Andrew doing that. And you know that Bateman doesn't really like music in any way, but he coldly writes about it pretending to be a person who feels something it's amazing anyway yeah yeah. and this is someone who really really creeps me out and i my understanding is that by law you have to have a clinical psychologist on a set for the for these shows um I question whether they had one and if they did what their credentials are because it absolutely terrifies me that this person... Or what are they playing as? Like, yeah. if, if they know, 
and they let that person mess with people's minds. Yeah. Also, uh, not to spoil anything, but as far as I know, we have not seen the last of it. Right. He's he's in a, a trailer for future episodes. So, um, yeah. One, one lady in particular needs to look out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought at first, okay, I've been on dates with men like this. I've not been in relationships with men like this, but I went, this is a very famous story of mine that I love to tell. So I went on a date with this very charming man who was an astrophysicist from Cambridge and he was super smart. He wasn't that good looking, but I was really, you know, is I'm this a, why you hate astronauts just because he had astro in his title. No, I hate astronauts anyway. No offense to people who like that. <laughs> I, there are very good reasons for me not liking them, but that I'll get to <laughs> at some other time. Anyway, this was when I lived in West London West, West London has incredible Italian restaurants. He took me to this beautiful Italian restaurant in Notting Hill yeah. and he ordered, a grilled chicken salad. Wow. He ordered a grilled chicken salad. He did not have any allergies that he made known to me. It wasn't a dietary preference. It was um it was a grilled chicken salad. Uh and he later um admitted to me that he only dated models. <laughs> And then it then yeah. these things all started to line up. Of course, now did I continue to date him after the chicken salad? Sadly, I did. Um To be fair, you didn't have the chicken salad. No, I didn't. I had some I think I had eggplant parm and it was fantastic. Right. Um what put me off was also not the fact that he wanted me to put on high heels and stamp on his balls. It was, which oh. I did, by the way. <laughs> it was the fact. I wonder what that stain was. It's what you were talking about. It's this, he, he talks about, oh yeah, I used to go to, what's that fucking like really bougie, a club that was like really big in the in the mid two thousands, like Nikki Beach or something like that. Do you remember? Yeah, I've forgotten uh, the name of it, but there there were a couple of Babylon them. Beach Blanket Hotel thing. No, no, that it? was a restaurant. Okay, I, well, I, they had a bar. I had been there a couple times. No, this this is like a Ibiza kind of yeah. place. That became only the for place rich people. after the Met Bar stopped being where everyone went. Yeah, yeah, but also these places that like nobody can really afford to go on vacation yeah. except for these loser <clears throat> psychopath types. Anyway, everything was all surface level, oh, sure. shallow. So even though, but he had come on to me in the most charming and interesting and mm. captivating way. And it wasn't until I saw the red flag chicken salad, <laughs> you know, that I started to suspect it because that's their game. They will make you feel like you're the only person in the room yeah. and that you're lucky to have their attention. You're so lucky to be the focal point. And that's all I'm going to say about Andrew. But the thing with the salad was that like, clearly he got no like physical pleasure from anything. Oh, absolutely that, none. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got food was fuel, fuel. for him. Yeah. And 
I know a lot of people are like that and I'm not like, I know for Victoria Beckham, I mean, I know my friend, Victoria, it's kidding. I'm not friends with her, but it's, it's very well known that Victoria Beckham only eats one meal and it's because she's extremely picky and she just doesn't enjoy food and that's fine, you know, but that's not a, an attractive quality to me. Hey, we ain't coming for Posh either. Oh, God, no, love not posh. at all. I love her. Love her. She's my favorite Spice Girl. I right. always was. Anyway. So um, I, I imagine you're swiping left. I'm swiping left. Okay. Yes. All right, hit me with what you got. Okay, so I will start with Nancy. <laughs> um. You can hear me laughing and giggling from across the room, but don't worry. Over time, you'll be able to distinguish my happy happy laugh from my nervous laugh, my hungry laugh, my horny laugh, or the ambient laugh that just happens every time I exhale. Real love for me is about breaking down barriers to true intimacy, just like I might break down a giant log of shit in a stranger's toilet. (laughs) Uh, that was the worst anecdote I have ever heard in my life. Like, I thought that was going somewhere. Right. The, the, she just wanted to talk about... The Lincoln Log story. Yeah. It didn't go anywhere. It's like, and then I got a toilet brush and smushed it up and it flushed. It's like, yeah, that's what you do. I, I genuinely, I thought it was going to jump out of the toilet and attack her, like... <laughs> Uh, something out of Alien, but like some twist. Like that was the worst M. Night Shyamalan movie ever. I have a brilliant Lincoln Log (laughs) anecdote to tell you that I wanted to tell you when we were watching this, but you said save it. All right, come on then. So Americans of a certain age will remember the hit television show, I assume it was reasonably big here, What Not to Wear with Trini and Susanna. Oh yeah, I mean, it was a British show. Yeah, Yeah. it was. It was on BBC America. It was like one of BBC America's kind of flagship Mm. uh, properties. So really fun show. It was like a makeover show in the early mid to to mid 2000s. Now, Susanna, whose last name I don't remember. Do you remember her? Is it Susanna Constantine? I don't remember. Anyway, she Susanna was unto the manor born. She was born very wealthy. She's known all these fabulous people. She's very well connected. And her autobiography has come out this year. And one of the stories, I don't know if this was from the book or from an interview, but there's a gossip newsletter that's been going around from time immemorial called Pop Bitch, okay? And the story from Pop Bitch, I promise you I'm getting to it. So Susanna went to a party and uh, and blew the lid off the toilet, basically. <laughs> huge, huge log. Yeah. Now, Princess Margaret, oh. w- my hero, right. was in... She doesn't like me. I mean, she's dead. No, she loves you. She loved your sass. That's what I tell myself. Okay. Um, Robin has a great Princess Margaret story. We're not going to tell it right now because it's going to go too far off the rails. But Princess Margaret came to the bathroom... And was like, oh, wow. Okay, that's, uh, I know what to do about that. So, you know, leave it with me. Princess Margaret fetches a cake knife, like a cake slicer. Right. From this person's kitchen, whichever house this was. That's the tool of choice. Yep. 
And she chopped up the doo-doo. I mean, I guess. With the cake slice and flushed it down. It's probably amazing, first, that she has ever done that herself rather than having, like, someone to do it for her or a corgi or something. Right. Right. Um, But that is the right tool. Now I think about it, (laughs) that is the right tool. As long as you never eat cake again. Sure. It's designed to go through something of that consistency. (laughs) Um, You know, because a screwdriver is just going to punch holes in it, right? I think the icon for this episode has to be like one of those knockoff Colin the Caterpillar cakes that (laughs) just looks like a log. Yeah. Mm. Um, All right. I might swipe right on that. I like a good... I like people who are comfortable with poo. Not in that way. I just like talking about poo. How did you feel about Nancy's uh, revelation that she was an egg donor? I believe she said eight times. Um, It was taken as a, oh my God, you're so generous. I think you can still call yourself a donor if you sell things. Like, you could be a sperm donor but receive payment for i mean a lot of students pay their way through college right being sperm donors so yeah i don't okay. know if the same applies so i don't know that it was entirely altruistic it might be might be um but i still think it's massively like laudable regardless you know the payment for these things is really generally just compensation and that's a painful one isn't it um i had a friend who was an egg donor in her early 20s yeah um, and as far as I know, was not compensated for it. And it was, it went very badly for her. She had a very yeah. adverse reaction to, um, the hormones and all of that stuff. It just, there are, there are some yeah. things where it's like superhero levels of, I think, kindness to society, like bone marrow is, is oh, another, yeah, right? Absolutely. Cause that hurts like a mm-hmm. motherfucker and lays you out for a long time. So my God, if any of you guys listening have done that, then, you know, I, I doff all my hats to yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, that's beautiful. It is. She, she's, she's lovely. She's crazed. <laughs> she is. I, I have to share my favorite quote about her. Um, I also want to say she's, she's spoken repeatedly about having 10 kids. Um, as many of you know, I, Alfie is not my biological child, but he is in every other way my son, apart from the fact that I didn't give birth to him. Mm. Um, so I don't know about that side of it, but I think maybe start with one right. and then see how you feel it's about like having or- more. Yeah, it's- Everyone seems to want 10 kids. It's like ordering 10 desserts. <laughs> <laughs> like, have one or two. Right, maybe share one with someone, and if you're still hungry, ask for the menu again. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite quote of Nancy's is, "I've always trusted my gut, and I've always." And then she bursts into tears. <laughs> oh, and that's my favorite show. Don't tell about Nancy. God bless her. I really do believe she has a heart of gold. Yeah, to me, you see, I right from the moment she appeared on screen, I was like, she is Darcy with dark hair but of course darcy has dark hair she's like the young darcy right yeah yeah do you remember when darcy was like pretty and full of joie and lives to be loved yeah Yeah. and nancy's kind of darcy so tough impossible to hate nancy yeah right yeah um i'm gonna drop in um i i think a good place to go from nancy is her boo bartice bartice yeah so would you like to hear bartice's uh 
entirely authentic Tinder bio. Yes, I would love to. Okay, no, no voices. What's up, ladies? It's me, your boy, Bartise. Sorry, I mean your man, Bartise, because I'm all grown up and shit. <laughs> I'm not like those other young guys you've met. I'm, like, totally ready to find a partner for life and have, like, ten kids and stuff. In fact, swipe right and I'll pump a couple in you tonight. Don't worry if you're not, like, a looks lady. I get all the attention because every bit of my body is chiseled, except for my Adam's apple, which I don't seem to have. Anyway, I'm so hot, I can have any woman, any time, even the ones who wear tight dresses instead of crying at the buffet. But that's not what I want, you get it? It ain't. I want real love. But also don't ask me to wipe your ass if you're old. Peace! Yikes. Um... I'm not a huge fan of his. He's not my style. Um, I'm not into dudes who work out like crazy. I appreciate the effort to a certain extent. But again, once you've dated... And look, I'll just come out and say it. I slept with my personal trainer a long time ago. I was was going through a dark time in my life. and once you've heard about intermittent fasting and mm-hmm. macros and so, like my eyes glaze over it's not an interest of mine i absolutely don't care about any of that stuff it's all the journey but no destination right there's this obsession with you know oh being healthy and everything, but for what end what do you do with it really i think it's the opposite i think for for people like that it's all about I'm going to have this perfect body, you know, I'm going to eat clean, quote unquote. I'm going to yeah, but what are you shred, gonna, I'm going to... Right, but what are you going to do with that perfect body? <laughs> like, when are you not in the gym? I don't know. That it's... you can then use that body, or when are you not in the gym so that feeling healthy can be put to use in some regard? It's, it's all about the journey, not about the destination. Yeah, I mean... For me, it's a protective factor. I I don't not work out. I go through phases where I work out more often and I'm usually happier during those times and more fulfilled and all sorts of good things. But I think about it really as I need to do this for my mind and for my body. And I used to teach yoga, you know, like that's... I am not coming for people who work out. That's absolutely fine. But I'm just saying if it's all you do... Right. Yeah, and to be fair, this is applies slightly more to to Raven. Than yeah, it, it does. does him. But I don't really see what else is there. What I see is a bro, just a man in his mid twenties. Right, I think he's twenty seven. I think he was twenty five when the show was filmed. Okay, right? but so we got a man in his mid twenties who is desperate to come across like a man in his mid thirties, you know. But and pretend he's not just a twenty something bro, but he is just a twenty something bro. I just don't know what there is there, you there know? He's not I I feel like he would be good on something like and I have you guys sorry, I don't have the patience for Love Island. I'm not saying we'll never do it because we probably will end up doing it, but um it's that's not my I I don't really enjoy that kind of setup, but I think if he was going to be on a Netflix show, it should have been whatever that one is where you're not allowed to have sex with people. Because he's a bro. That's all he is. Yeah, there's not a a whole lot there. But Um, but, but I guess what's disappointing is that he he knows and is aware 
that being a bro is not enough. And so he just says, which I guess is what I was trying to go for from, in that in that bio. But he's he's constantly saying, "There's more to me than this. There's more to me than this." But he never shows any. Yeah, more there's to him never than that, right? never any indi- indication of that. He's not a bad guy. Um, no, he's fine. He's, he's just fucking boring, inoffensive. Yeah. Not again. Not for me. Yeah. Um, my favorite Bartiz quote so far is uh, that he's named. After his dad's friend, who, quote, died on a motorcycle or something. Or something. <laughs> um, I'm leaving out my does least... That, does that mean he... Which is the something? Is the motorcycle the something? I... So it could have been a donkey, or it, it, it could have been, like, uh, one of those horses that you have, like, for gymnastics um, that you vault over. Um, is it that, or... Is it the dying that is the or something? So maybe he didn't die on a motorcycle. Maybe he got a fly in his mouth. I like to think it was an evil Knievel type thing where he was riding his motorcycle through a flaming hoop. Over 14 school buses. Over 14 school buses. And of course, evil Knievel failed the 13 school bus leap, but then came back and managed the 14. Is he still alive? I think he died. Oh. But I don't think he died or something. <laughs> on you don't think, <laughs> you think he's, he's definitely gone? Shit, maybe that's the friend of Batiste's dad. But it's not evil Batiste can evil, is it? Or Batiste evil There's evil. the or something allows... Sorry, Bartiste, yeah, I'm sorry. The or something allows a lot of flexibility in the edit. It does. Um, I'll also share my least favorite quote before we move on, which is... I'm going to pump a couple of kids in you. I know. I'm swiping left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. But um, I bet Natalie would swipe right. <laughs> yeah, she might. He's a good-looking man. Um, Who are you going to hit me with? So I'm going to I'm gonna go to, to runner-up Raven. All right. Um... Who Craven Raven? I rather suspect. Now look, I've got some issues with Raven. <laughs> uh, what I don't like about Raven is that from the very beginning, now she's great TV. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, yeah. she's fantastic television. Um, actually, I'm just going to read her bio before. Yeah. I am the apex predator. Oh. Just like my workouts, every move I make is meticulously planned to get the greatest impact in the shortest amount of time. That's why I show up wearing what most women would consider underwear. I haven't done a whole lot of work on myself in terms of what's inside my heart and my mind, but that's only because my therapist dumped me after I brought barbells to our session. (laughs) I'm actually typing this while doing squats and Kegel exercises simultaneously. I mean, I might swipe right. I think you probably would. I don't think... I mean, men don't really read the bios anyway, do they? Um, She is beautiful. She's a very attractive woman. Um, Now, a lot of people, and a lot of people being my friend Emma, who's staying with us for a couple of days, said, I don't get it. Why is she being cagey about uh, being being a waitress or being a bartender, that, that hospitality side? Why do you think that might be, Michelle? Okay. Without, without first of calling all, calling the attention of some lawyers. All right. So first of all, you know, 
I'm not hating on her for wearing underwear to the cocktail party, but she was, that was shapewear that she was wearing. Yeah. That's not an outfit. I'm not. It's an aggressive move. I'm not shaming anyone. No. I'm not making a judgment about it. I'm just saying that shows what she has told us about herself, which is she's the center of attention in every room she walks into. It's an attack on all the other women. And it's, it's a look at what you could have won to all of the men. It's yeah. A, it's a statement. And it's not a nice statement. Is no. The point. And I didn't like that she was very subtly and very cleverly mocking Nancy. I respect that. But I don't like it. No. It's not a go- good quality to show, especially since this isn't really a competition. Like, you should go on The Bachelorette if you're, or sorry, on The Bachelor if you're going to act like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying these people owe each other anything, right? They're all there to, they're not. Look, most of them are there to be on TV. Let's, sure. Let's be honest about it. Because yeah. the, the, let's we we haven't spoken in general about the show, but the, the the notion that you would say to anyone that you love them after like you know five six days or something is is crazy. I mean, it can happen, but um, I believe that generally speaking, they want to be on TV. Now, if you want the most hours on a show like this, you have an affair. Right. Right. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Her, her end game. It didn't really matter to her who she ended up with, and we can see by who she ended up with. It didn't really matter. She just needed to stay in the game long enough for the point where they all get out. Yeah. And now she's playing her game. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, It was also very cruel of the editors to cut between her kind of swanning in effortlessly, surrounded by this halo of glowing health, And uh, poor Nancy's over by the bacon-wrapped shrimp, just eating her feelings. And um, anyway. Anyway. The thing that put me off Raven immediately was when she said, Nancy is that person from high school who you see at Walmart and you're like, and I'm making a cringy face. I thought that was yeah. really cruel. I respect it, but it was very <laughs> cruel because the she's reason, not wrong. No, Nancy is that girl. She, yeah, she, oh, she is. And we've all got that really kind of that antisocial. Oh God, do I have to humor you side? But you don't say it. You don't say it to other people, especially when she's clearly punching down. Yeah, you know that's not. She's the mean girl. She is. Yeah. Um, but great TV. Yeah, I'm so glad she's there. And when I say, when I qualify something by saying I respect it, it's because being on these shows is a game. It it does require skill and a level of intelligence that isn't always apparent. And so I have to salute a good game player when I see one. That's and right. she sure is. People that go in just going, I'll just be myself because I'm really nice and everyone will like me are going to get chewed up and spat out on yep. a show like this. Yep. What I will say, uh, well, what I want to ask you is, do you think it's possible to have the name Raven and not turn out like Raven? I mean, it's setting a precedent from a young age. I often think about this. It's such an aggressive name, don't you think? I don't know what you mean by aggressive. But it, it's a forceful name, right? Well, it's a forceful bird. It's a forceful bird. I mean, she's not called, you know, she's not called Robin, which is a good bird name. Yeah. It's Raven, you know, dark and mysterious and sinister. I guess you didn't grow up. So Raven Simone from the Cosby show was sort of like 
a child star. I don't know what she's doing now. Um, cause I kind of lost track. Maybe she's on the view or something like that. That's what I think. I think of that. So Raven, okay. her little Disney show, I think it was. Well, for me, I felt like she'd been cast as this kind of dark power. That That's the impression. And to be honest, nothing she's done has, uh, has taken away that impression, but fair play to her. I love watching her. Yeah. Um, I will counter. Yes, please. Of course, your Raven with an SK. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Sikiru, but you can call me SK because Americans struggle with vowels. I am looking for a wife, just one wife, not several wives. I wish to find a mind to fall in love with, ideally an empty one, because while I'm not attracted to simple, straightforward things, I am attracted to simple, straightforward women. I would be pleased to conduct our marriage via letters in the mail. <laughs> I live in California. You should live in Texas. Odabo. There you go. You swipe him right. Is he Yoruba? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think so. I did check. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I'm swiping right because... I like him. I like him too. I think he's, I don't think he's right for this show. He's not, he has no intention of finding anything at all. Dude lives in California and he's about to go to Berkeley. And and I know for a fact that he did start that. He's currently doing that course. Okay, okay. Right, that master's at, at, at Berkeley. Um, and the whole point of the show, right, is they're all from like, the Fort Worth kind of Dallas area. Right. Right? Yeah. And and that's so that you don't have to, like, if you get married and fall in love, you don't have to, they don't, you know, they're not going to sure. pair people up and then discover they live at other sure. poles of the country. But this dude does not live there and has no intention of living there whatsoever. I can't figure out why he's on the show. I, I mean, he, he doesn't look... <sighs> it is actually profile, I have to say. If you take a... He comes across... A little bit, and uh, please, no racial stereotyping here. Don't get this wrong, but he comes across a little bit like that dude out of the good place. Do you know what I mean? Kind of bookish and into philosophy and academic and and, and that kind of thing. But actually, if you take a look at his Insta, he's a bit of a white boy who likes posing in front of fast cars. And why shouldn't he? Sure. I mean, he's a he's a tech guy, right? They're the tech guys that aren't. Um. What was the name of that show? Silicon Valley. The t- the tech guys that aren't like the sort of nerdy guys on Silicon Valley are all guys who like to pose yeah. with cars yeah. and whatever. They just are. That's the lifestyle there, and that's but what he's not showing any of that into. on the show. He is no, he isn't absolutely portraying himself as this kind of bookish, gentle, accepts everything, waits for the world to come to him, kind of very laid back, won't judge. I don't think that's who he is. No, but I I feel for him because I imagine when he ta- told that story about how his uh like classmates asked him if he had a lion as a pet and yeah. stuff like that and I don't think people even ask those kinds of questions knowing what they're doing. Um well, we spoke about this on, on one of our other pods, I think perhaps when we were talking about Usman, um, this idea that Nigeria, it, it, it's one of those few countries in the world that everyone can clown on. 
right? Like, Nigeria has a reputation for scamming. Right. Like, that's a fucking weird stereotype for a really big country. And yet everyone's kind of okay with that joke. It's really, really weird. So if you actually come from there and you come to the West in particular, you've got to overcome all of that. Yeah. And yeah, much, it's, much love. Absolutely. Not yeah. Hated. It's very, it, look, it's different because I think we're very fortunate in London to have a large African diaspora in general. Yeah. Um, and obviously for, for a time I had a very close friend who was Nigerian. So I, I know a little bit more than I think most white women from my background right now. I had a friend in high school who was Nigerian, who was, who was Yoruba. Um, there's just like any other country, there are different tribes there's different states there's different you know you can't you have you don't meet a nigerian person and you've met every nigerian person no. right so i can i really feel for him there he still doesn't have a whole lot of personality or a lot to say and if he does he's not showing it on camera that's my point um, I, I actually think and that's I'll, an issue yeah. i actually think he could be really really good tv and he could be really engaging and probably i think more attractive like behind the wall sure if if the impression that i actually get of what i've seen of him on the outside if he actually brought some of that to the show but he's chosen not to i don't know why but he's chosen not to right um and that never bodes well on a show like this because no. if you're utterly forgettable like that then there's no point in being on one of these shows um right who you got for me so i have got Alexa. All righty. Oh, hang on. You've got to be very careful saying that in this room. Oh, that's right. Okay. She's going to chirp. All right. By the way, if you work on a TV show, a particular reality show, don't cast anyone with that name. <laughs> because TVs around the world are just going to start pinging. I also have a bugbear with... Um, but you get it in every drama. But to be honest, every TV show, for some reason, like the sound guys, when they're mixing TV shows, they always want to have, like, when they show a GV, a general view of a street or something, uh, before you go into the house where the action is, there's always dogs barking. Always dogs barking. And whenever it happens, our dogs kick off. We have... One of our dogs is on a hairpin trigger. She is. And it's not the French bulldog. But there's no need. <laughs> like, when you walk down streets, you might hear a dog barking, but there are other noises that you could put on there. So if you work in TV and, you're like, you're the sound mixer, can you stop doing that? Yeah, maybe we don't need to hear dogs barking. Thank you. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Scottsdale, Miami Beach, Dallas. I've like modeled my look after like mid to late 2010s Chloe Kardashian and like just like Chloe I have a bit loud like super close like really loud family and like if they don't immediately like you then it's never going to work and the difference between my like super fabulous really loud really interesting family and the other like super loud really interesting like really famous family is that we don't have enough fame yet so that is part of why I'm here and if you don't like it then you can like completely just fuck off some people say I'm exhausting but it's probably because they haven't had enough espresso martinis i like love espresso martinis and if you don't like espresso martinis if you don't like 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 espresso martinis or even like love espresso martinis we are just not going to get along <laughs> oh 
A Tinder cut her off because she reached <laughs> the the word limit. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I could go for an espresso martini. Um, I, I, probably worth a date. I'm not going to lie. I really like her. I really so like her. So it was her. hard for me to write the bio because I do actually like her. She does lean heavily into the the kardashian aesthetic yeah but that's fine yeah i think she is the lips could have had a little less work yeah if they i mean look maybe they're real but i doubt that very much just based on how they lay on her face um but obviously it's it's a absolute wonderful revelation to have a woman of size on a dating show a woman of a size above like double zero is is wonderful i think she's gorgeous and um and jewish representation as well you know yep and and specifically israeli um Mm -hmm. you know um is something you don't often see but uh, israelis are very forthright Right. And she has all of that. So she has all of that incredible passion and energy, but she also has a lot of that very blunt, brusque nature. And like, I'm really fond of it as like, if we're doing national stereotypes, I I find it wonderful company. Um, I do too. Yeah. However, (laughs) it may be a little bit much after a while. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, she she probably has a really sweet side to her as well. She reminds me a little bit the way she looks of um, of Kalini. Um, yeah, she does from Ninety Day Kalani's sister. Yeah, you know how she's really be- she's a you know a bigger lady. Yeah, but she's beautiful. Yes, right. So um, yeah, when almost <laughs> I got to be really careful with what I say, but. Really beautiful women who are a little larger than the ones you traditionally see on TV. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes they can actually catapult themselves to a level way above. Um, and yeah, um, the makeup's not great sometimes. But I, I, I would have Dallas though. Yeah. You know, I I think he's done very well for himself. I think he has too. Yeah, and I I really like their relationship. I like their willingness to embrace each other despite the cultural factors that may be a challenge for them. I have felt in my bones that it's not going to work because this is a country song waiting to happen. Uh-huh. Um, and that makes me sad. But again, I, I really like Alexa. I think she's wonderful. Um, she's not listening, but if she ever was <laughs> listening, I would want her to know it was very hard for me to make fun of you. So I just picked up on the, uh, Excessive use of the word like, which to be fair is something that took me a very long time to grow out of. And I sort of still am growing out of it. I I believe she's owned that herself, though, again. She has. Yeah, she's got a sense of humor about herself, which makes me like her even more. So then should we go to... Well, you're going to want Brennan. Yes. Okay, it's, it's very short. Hi, my name's Brennan. Whoever you are, I'll marry you. My mum says no Jews. <laughs> oh, boy. I need to explain. Um, being of Semitic background myself, um, <laughs> um, families, 
families. Yes, you actually have firsthand experience with um, anti-Semitic hate from your ex's family. I I met a um, a family member, and and before I was introduced to her, I was told, oh, she's a notorious (laughs) anti-Semite. It's like, wow. Okay, I'm going to walk into that particular dragon's bit. Um, so, look, this is no dig on Brennan, and honestly, no dig on his mum either, who may be a wonderful, tolerant, fabulous person. I'm just saying that cowboy like that, you know, he he was the guy that was like, I, I had a dream last night about a country song. And yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, first, that's a really long song. <laughs> It's a story about a guy who had toast for breakfast and then put on his shoes and then he went out and he looked at the sun and I'm like, wow, how many verses are there? Um, but like guys like that have families who can be problematic. And I'm not coming for the South. And I'm, not, I'm just saying I'm a little worried. I am a little worried. I am too. Worried. I am too. I think th- particularly now, as we are recording this, we're coming off the back of a a weekend, you know, not to get all deep and meaningful with you guys, but um, we we are living in an age where anti-Semitic sentiments are not only commonplace, they are growing thanks cel- to... Celebrated. Yes, thanks to um, the sort of fresh batch of conspiracy theories that all go back to the same place. And it's, it's a terrible feeling to know that you and your family and friends, um, are being hunted essentially. Uh, and yeah, I just want to say that we unequivocally, condemn anti-semitism of any kind this is not a political issue this is a human rights issue yeah it's not just hunted but it's kind of hunted and then that hunting is justified yes like oh but it doesn't count it's it's pretty scapegoated i think is really what i meant to say yeah yeah it's pretty bad and and if you haven't experienced what it's like to live on that other side um you know i know that lots of people in this world like contend with like racism and 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 things all the time but this idea that this particular group of people can handle it because they're privileged is the racism itself yes exactly and so you almost get like a double dose there it's like you're lucky to be the victim of racism and yeah, I just worry for her. That's all I'm saying. I do too. I worry for her a lot. And I also worry that he might be... And I, look, I don't know that she's from a wealthy family. I'm making an assumption there. Um, that's just the the vibe that I get. He said to her, my favorite quote was, I, I wanted... And I'm not mocking at all. I'm saying this is an incredible revealing piece of information. I wanted you to know I grew up without heat and air conditioning. Mm -hmm. And in Dallas and in (laughs) Houston, if you don't have air conditioning, that is That might be why he's so skinny. He just sweated off. I think he 
it it sounds like he had a very unhappy childhood. Yeah. And boy, boy's got some trauma. Right. And, and I have concerns on both sides that the families aren't going to mesh well. And, and I'm not saying that it's, it's the vibe I get. Okay. There are large swathes of America and even England where if people had Jewish neighbors or met Jewish people in their daily lives, their minds would be changed, right? Their opinions would be completely different than than what they are, what they were raised with necessarily. But fear and lack of exposure have so much to do with this. One thing I will say just to cap this off, and again, I, I never thought we'd really talk about this on the podcast. It's not something I talk about. Um, by the way, if you think anti-Semitism isn't real, um, I never tell people that. I'm only telling you guys because I trust you guys. Um, I, I Michelle will testify to this, right? I keep it fucking quiet. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I've seen what happens. And I'm a bit scared even now, like, to have spoken about this. So just know that that's what you have to live with. What I will just say is that if Jews control the media and Jews control the way we all think through the media, it's funny how there's so many people out there who hate Jews. Yeah. That's over. That little rant. Good. Who's next? That's a good question. So we've done Brennan and Alexa, so it's my go round, Mm -hmm. and I choose Colleen. All righty. Okay. Are you looking at me just because I'm a ballet dancer? (laughs) Because I could have sworn the only reason you swiped right is because you saw a ballet dancer and thought, I wonder what dating a ballet dancer would be like. (laughs) It's okay. I'm used to it because being a ballet dancer nets me a lot of attention from men, just not the kind that a non-ballet dancer would get. (laughs) I'm not into deep conversations, so if you come at me with questions about faith or childhood trauma, I'm going to jete away. Nice. Jette on her private jette. Yeah. Um, What does she do for a living again? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's a PR rep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because the ballet company she's actually in is essentially community theatre, right? I don't know enough about regional dance companies to understand how they operate. I imagine she still performs regularly, and I'm not going to... Um, talk down about anything like that because at this stage in my life, I would kill to be in a community theater production. Well, not kill. I just don't know that you should define yourself by something that you do outside of work hours. That's all. Well, I don't think you should define yourself by your job. Well, that's certainly true. But I wouldn't say that I am a podcaster if I met someone. Let's put it that way. Right? Yeah, okay. Even though I spend That's a lot enough. of my time podcasting these days. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's 10 people in a ballet company. I might have that wrong. Um, she definitely does uh, dance ballet. Um, but I think it's a little bit strong to call her a ballad. Even worse, a ballerina. Yeah. Cause well, she doesn't call herself a ballerina. Um, no, but some of the guys do. Because they got funny old notions. Um, would I swipe right on on that? Would I swipe right on Colleen? Yes, because I would like to know what it's like to date a ballet dancer. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Uh, I, it's one of those things. It's more that you can tell your friends, right? There are some people in this world who are, like, doomed 
to be the person people date so they can tell their friends that they dated you. Yeah. Right? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I dated a model. Sounds really good. That sounds better than I dated Stephanie, who was a model who you all hate, right? It, yeah. I mean, Chicken Salad Guy only dated models right. famously. They so. didn't have names or identities. That no. isn't the point. The point is it's 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 a, it's a brag token. Right? Yeah. So um, I'm not immune to that. I like a good name drop. Um, so, yeah. You've even slept with a model. Famously. I haven't slept. Uh, supermodel. Yeah. Let supermodel. me correct you on that. Yeah, forgive me. Um, it was just a kiss <laughs> and a fumble. Oh, so, all right. So there's a there's a bit of slang that maybe isn't used as much in this country anymore. But when you when so people who listen to us probably like spaced. Yeah. Right and things. Are we of... doing the get off conversation? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I I got off with a supermodel. Yeah. Yeah. So getting you explain it because I still don't. I still can't really wrap my head around it. I don't really get what it means. Getting off. Um, it's a range. Um, there has to be kissing involved. There may or may not be fingers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that fingers would still be in uh, the getting off category. I'd say. Um. I think make out is a broader um, behavioral menu than just kissing as well, isn't it? To me, kissing, to me, making out is, and I'd be interested to hear what our listeners' experiences are, what they think. To me, making out. I'd be interested in hearing some of it, but keep it it above the waist. (laughs) No, but I mean, there's like. To me, making out is like necking, where you're just sort of kissing and you're maybe touching over clothes, right? Could a hand go up a shirt? Yeah. But a hand can't go down pants? No. Okay. All right. Good. (laughs) I think that's graduating to a a different level. What's the word for that? Third base. Third base? Yeah. What's fourth base? Um, you mean like a home run? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, okay, that's all. What is it when you get to meet all of their Israeli family? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Colleen, um, I it's really awful, right? Because all there is to her is to sort of um grade her on how cute she is. I didn't find her even cute to start with, uh, I'll be honest. Um, I did slightly change my perspective and I do find her, there is, I can understand why she's attractive, um, but she's 16 years old. Yeah, there's, you know, she's, there's definitely a sense of arrested development there. Yeah. And what I, I don't have any first hand experience being a dancer or a ballerina, but I've been close with friends who did ballet growing up and I know it's unbearably cutthroat and um stressful and probably I mean and, I saw that documentary Black Swan. <laughs> yeah. Probably um a big part of that is uh, or just part of being a performer in general is thinking, okay, who's my audience? What are they here for? What do they want to see? Right. And, but also if they want to see something that isn't what you do, 
you're not going to just start juggling. <laughs> right? Sure. If you're a ballet dancer, yeah, ballet is pretty much all you're offering. Sure. Um, I'll, I'm just going to go through a couple of her quotes, okay? Because that. it's it's difficult for me to try to cobble together what I mean. Much Much like Colleen... I'm having trouble describing her wants and desires or what I think they might be. So she says, I do the splits. That's all you need to know. I'm excited to smile with my person. I think in the real world, guys are attracted to me because they find a ballet dancer super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, I get that it's not attractive to be in shallow relationships. Mm. Uh, she says, maybe I'm a shallow person, you know, whatever. And to Cole, she says, I'm not used to getting deep. I'm comfortable keeping things surface level and fun because that's who I am. Yeah. And then she gets really annoyed when he says, this probably isn't happening for me. And she goes straight back into like the common area and goes, he called me shallow. Like, no, you called yourself you called shallow. yourself shallow. So I, there's not a lot to say, I don't think, really about her, other than it's all right there. So I feel like analysing it is a bit pointless. Everyone saw the show. Um, and she isn't deep enough, to really, to say anything more about. No, I think... But she's not mean. I don't hate her. No, not at all. And I, what comes across so clearly to me is that she has absolutely no idea who she is or what she wants out of life. And I don't say that with disdain. I say that with complete sympathy and empathy for that matter. I think she's looking for a strong personality to hitch her wagon to so she can kind of mold herself around that, which is, you know, pretty common for... Also, a young woman in her 20s or a young man. But but particularly her, because let's be really, really honest about this. There is an expiry date on being a ballet dancer. And if that is how she defines herself, I think she is on a slightly crazed journey to be able to define herself probably by the man she's with. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's a little troubling. With that in mind... Should we do Matt? Yes. Um, this is Matt's real Tinder bite. It's not. Okay. <laughs> um, this off, off, straight off the wires. Um, life threw shit in your face. <laughs> but not today, girl, because you found me. And I'm the man you're going to go for after the man you go for. <laughs> and the man before him. That's me. I'm Matt. I'm single, and I'm totally okay with it. Even though my cheating bitch ex-wife stole 10 years of my life, even though I didn't do anything wrong at all, and it was totally her fault and not mine. I'm a VP in the glamorous world of aerospace engineering, which definitely means I don't just make nuts and bolts for a living. My friends say I look like if someone melted Ryan Gosling's face (laughs) and spread it like butter over Harry Kane's face. But hey... Looks are totally not important. So whatever you look like, hit me up, especially if you're vapid and cute. Update. I've stopped making bolts for airplane seats. Now I sell private jet charters. So if your name's Andrew and you love luxury travel, come at me, bro. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm shipping them. 
My, my... I mean, sadly, I don't think either of them are gay, but I would put Matt with Andrew. I think they're made for each other. No, I think Matt would be extremely threatened. Um, I don't like Matt. I'm going to say that outright. He reminds me of... Um, I have a friend who has been been married more than twice. I'll put it that way. And he, this guy reminds me of her first two husbands. Um, the second of which was a corrections officer that she met. She works at a prison. Mm -hmm. So I always go, you met your husband in prison. Um, no shade. No, uh, Matt is short. Mm -hmm. He is angry. Yes. And he has not kept his side of the street clean uh, when it comes to his past relationships. He has not, in other words, he's not looked at his own involvement. Correct. As you alluded to in the As I alluded to. Like, we hear, like, they're trying to pitch it as this is the tragedy. A man gave 10 years of his life to a woman who cheated on him, had a baby with another man. This is tragic, this poor, poor, poor guy. Um, I would love to hear her side of it because I can see anger behind his eyes. I can see him being a very, very controlling, possessive, unpleasant man to be with. And I can already see that with Colleen. Yep. Already. I see it too. Yeah. He's hyper vigilant. He's, uh, but like most men who are like him, who are coercive and controlling, he love bombs the shit out of her. Yeah. In the beginning, makes her feel super special, makes them feel like this is a, a, a perfect, faultless romance where nothing can go wrong. I find a lot of Disney couples have these kind of relationships in the beginning. Well, this is why I said I'm the man you're going to go for after the man you go for yeah. and the man before him. This Ooh, is, boy. Th- yeah. These are the men that mop up the damaged women, right, who are about to give up right? There's always a mat ready to swoop in from the sky and get you in their talons. Um, and I think that's probably what's going to happen. Don't like him at all. Also, um, this idea that he was, I mean, he isn't anymore. Once again on this show, the job descriptions of what they did two years ago. Right? Well, that's fine. I think that that's says fine, more about the job market than it does about anything else. Yeah, it really yeah. does. But like, I would just say VP for an aerospace manufacturer or whatever makes it sound like he runs Boeing. He doesn't. The company he used to work for literally made bolts. The bolts that hold seats onto things that go in the air but aren't necessarily like the sort of planes you and I would even fly on. Sure, but look, yep. that is... It's fine. Yeah, that's a cottage industry in Texas. That's yeah. that's a big deal. Sure. Yeah. Ain't no shade in that. I just don't know that you can present yourself as the VP of an aerospace manufacturing company. That's all. It's just, there's a lot of Andrew to it, right? There's a lot of billing there. In the same, yeah. in the same way now, I'm sure he would say that, you know, he could get people private jet charters, but he's a salesman. I would say, and again, I know I prefaced this by being like, we're never going to diagnose people, but I've read a, a, a ton of books. I've taken, um, when I started college a million years ago, I 
I took a class in sociology, in criminology, and abnormal psychology, all, three different classes, I should say. Um, if you want to know the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath, Matt's a so is his name Matt? Yeah. Matt's a sociopath. Andrew's a psychopath. Right. Matt, sociopaths have very poor in, impulse control and they're very messy. Yeah. But the the defining kind of difference between a psychopath and a sociopath is a psychopath often has extremely good impulse control, or if they don't, yeah. then they're very good at hiding it. Sociopaths can't hide how messy they are. Right. Um, and, you know, you may find that harsh. You may think, Matt is just a sweet old da-da-da-da. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I have a radar for these things. This is going to get ugly, and I have a deep and abiding worry for whoever ends up with him because... I think a few of the women might is my call. I think there's going to be a lot of bouncing around here. I don't think it'll end up with anyone long-term. No, I don't think so either. Who's next? Um, Did we just have one couple left? We do. Yeah. I I am going to go with Zenob. It's our MVPs. Can we say that? They're the two best people on the show, right? Yeah, they are. Cole and Zenob. Okay. Again... This is really mean, you guys. Um, and I I like her. Uh, so whatever. This is a piss take anyway, right? We're, we're just having fun. I'm unapologetically picky as fuck about the men I date, but I'm also unapologetic in general. While you won't have to deal with any drama from my parents, I will be both wife and mother-in-law constantly dropping passive-aggressive hints until I've completely destroyed any trust or goodwill between us. Wow. Uh, I'm not swiping right on that as a Tinder bio. I might swipe right on her, though. I think this might be a phase, maybe. She's very confused and doesn't know what to do, and she's reverting something. I also think Cole brings that out in women. He's so all over the place. You just want to control him to shut him up. He reminds me a little bit... Of I've spoken about him before to you, this guy Neil, who I went to school with, uh-huh. who would he was so. That's, I don't know if it was a spectrum thing, but he couldn't shut the fuck up, right? So he would just like at the back of the class just shout out penis, yeah, <laughs> just shout penis. <laughs> but no, I was a bit like, that. do you know what I mean? Like, just say, it's not funny. Just shut up, right? Here's the weird thing, guys. Um, this guy Neil ended up being a rabbi. And was the rabbi at my dad's funeral <laughs> in a com- oh, oh, right. in a completely different city to where I grew up, other end of the country. To like my parents relocated, and I, I you know I went to his funeral, and, and this guy's there, and it's like, why is Neil at this funeral? And I was like, fucking hell, he's the rabbi. He didn't shout penis. I love the- that for him. I love that for him. <laughs> I love that for him too. He's a lovely guy, but just wouldn't shut up. And I think that's what Cole's like. And um, with those people, you either get driven insane by them or a bit like we are with Alfie. Sometimes you snap. Sometimes you're like, shut up. Right? Yeah. 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 So, so I get it. Do you want to hear um do you want to hear Cole's um entirely authentic Tinder bio? Yes. So, yeah, uh, what are you thinking? Like, right now. Oh, oh, that's 
amazing, amazing. Um, uh, how about I? Um, oh, uh, if you could, if you could go on a date with a fish or one of the Jonas Brothers, which would you choose? Which would you choose? How about a threesome with a fish and one of the Jonas Brothers? What kind of fish would you go for? Which Jonas brother would you go for? I'd have a threesome with Kevin and a flounder. Yeah, that'd be lit. Wow. Oh my God. You're just like incredible just for reading this. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Like God. I really love God. I massively love God. Fuck. I just want to flip you like a house. I want to flip you five times. Okay. Leave me alone. I'm bored now. (laughs) I have never been more attracted to you than I have. Um, It's no secret. I've I've been warned and told off, so I won't say a whole lot, but I find Cole, looks-wise, tasty. Um, I agree. Like, my ideal, like, physique for a man, what I want, I, you see, I don't want to be Bartise, right? Right. I want that swimmer's physique, mm-hmm. right? Tall, solid, but not muscly. Yeah. I've always been, like, the gay part of me has always found that attractive. That's that's what I go for. Give me a Chris Isaac anytime, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, sorry, I went to a place. <laughs> you talked about the gay part of yourself, and I was like... Hello. Yum. Um, here's the thing. I think that these two... And I, I know I was mean in that in that Tinder bio. I I like Zenob and I again I love a woman of color on a dating show uh who doesn't fit into like one neat kind of tokenistic yeah, yeah, category yeah. that she's put in by the producers or the editors. Yeah. I think she's beautiful. I think what she's been through in her life is catastrophic. Um, in terms of trauma, my God. Very attractive. Like you alluded to, though, very attractive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone wants to find the girl who doesn't have parents. It just <laughs> makes life much, much easier. Yeah. Um, and while I, as you know, I hate a wet towel on a piece of furniture. There's, <laughs> I th- that might even be my number one pet peeve. And I know it's petty. It just... To me, that tells you so much about a man. A wet towel just disregarded means uh, he's also going to um, leave stuff crusting on the dishes. This is somebody... All right, I'll sum it up. For me, my clit, like, pulled its hood (laughs) up and then, like, pulled the strings all the way tight. Or pulled the hood over the little man in the boat, right? Your clit turned into Kenny from South Park. Yes. When he said that he had a sofa, but he hadn't put it together yet. Oh my God, they killed your clit, Kenny. This is a mattress on the floor person for years at a time. This is a, I, yeah, I couldn't manage that. He's really outdoorsy. He loves fishing. That's why I had that in there. Like, he's really, really outdoorsy. I suspect it's because he can't get into his house because <laughs> <laughs> there's just too much shit piled you think it's the... You think there's a hoard? I don't know. See, there's I think a there's nothing. I think... But there's trash. And I'm saying this as somebody who um, definitely has hoarder-like tendencies, but I'm, a cl- I'm quite a clean 
hoarder. Yeah. So I have a lot of stuff. He's a kid. It's tidied away and everything needs to be cleaned weekly, you know. But yeah, he is. He's a kid. But also he's a Peter Pan. And I think he will always be a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wonderful and charming. But like our common reference point, uh, David Addison from Moonlighting, there is a reason why Sybil Shepard didn't go for Bruce Willis for a long time in that show. Yeah. Charming, beautiful, funny, charismatic, life and soul of the party. Will never fucking grow up. No. And even though he does have a deeper side and he's a man of faith and it's good that they're they're both into presumably Christianity that they share that in common um my big worry with her and and I will also admit that I have a tendency to be dry and passive aggressive um when I'm annoyed about something and I have a very difficult time um kind of drumming up the the courage to say what my feelings are about something, right? Rather than making a passive-aggressive yeah. remark. It's a very ugly habit of mine, and I'm working on it, and I'm trying really hard to be kinder. And my heart just sank at various points when they were together because it's it's just, it's a, it's like ships in the night, complete miscommunication. And it will always be that And way. they're both, and they're both cut up about it and yeah, sad. Yeah. And, but they both actually really like each other and want to make yeah. it work, but their communication styles are so different. Well, like I had in that bio, you know, I finished it by saying, okay, leave me alone. I'm bored now. Right. Just cause it's funny, but actually what happened the morning after there is I think she was frosty and I think he was scared and thought, I'll give her some space. And she read that as he's frosty. (laughs) But it was literally two people having the same problem but not talking about it and realising that they're both being like defensive for no reason at all. It's just going to carry on. And that's why he finds the lower hanging fruit the easier, Colleen. Yeah. I don't mean easier like that. Um, But... I can see, and again, you know, trailers are showing that actually. It's just an easier time, right? Yeah, and again, it makes me really sad because I think Zenab does have a beautiful heart and an interesting personality. I think they'd be incredible for each other. And I think they, yeah, they would be so good together. And this is where I really feel like the show would benefit so much from a married at first sight style thing where they, they have that accountability Mm -hmm. and kind of talking through these things because I don't think, yeah, exactly. I don't think it would take that much for these two to realize how they can benefit from the other. I will also say that as, uh, Matt Marr from reality gaze says, these shows always have, uh, an anxious, attachment style person chasing an avoidant attack and Zenob is avoidant cole is anxious right look up attachment styles find out which one you are and then fix it because i (laughs) guarantee it whatever it is it's not the good one (laughs) right um i think we're done yeah we are we all done i'm scrolling i'm scrolling i'm scrolling past 15 people that didn't make it onto the show oh bless them um maybe 
I don't know. Some of those people, like, they, they can come back later, can't they? Yeah, I think... Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But who knows? I look, I'm really excited about covering this. I was very worried because I did not like anyone on season two, and I, I didn't enjoy it. I hated the way it, it finished. All of the wedding seemed fraudulent to me, like I was being lied to by the show, and I didn't like it. But listen, we're not here to hate. We're here to love. Blindly. We're here to love blightly, and <laughs> thank you for joining us. We hope that this whet your appetite enough our patreon again is patreon.com slash blighty day and in the words of our son alfie not his real name (gasps) see you soon Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.